0: thewellnesscouch.com streaming wellness into your lives download the app today
1: this is up for a
0: chat with your hosts cindy Omira and kim morrison Here we are, Up For A Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Cindy O'Meara.
2: And I'm Kim Morrison. And this week, we have an incredibly beautiful soul that's inside and out. We have the gorgeous, young, mother of two, absolute crazy chick, but incredibly intelligent, gorgeous, and a trailblazer in the world of nutrition. Welcome to Up For A Chat, beautiful Sheridan Austin. Aww.
1: Thank you so much, darling. That was the most beautiful introduction and I just love how you accentuate the young part. (laughs) If I go into a club right now, I don't think I'm termed as young anymore. I don't know.
2: Well, that could just be the fact that you have got two kids and people look at people with mums as mature and playing the adult game. But perhaps if someone's crazy enough not to have heard about you, you've had a long standing relationship with our beautiful Cindy. You've also got an incredible story in the way that you found yourself in the nutritional world and not just nutrition as we're taught at school or university, but you're a nutritionist who thinks differently. Could you give us your background as to how you got there and what made you open your eyes, heart, mind and soul to actually the real food revolution?
1: Mm, well, there's just someone really close to home that um, we're, we're with right now. <laughs> um, but she goes by the name of Cindy O'Meara. I don't know if you've heard of her. Um <laughs> So when I um, was actually over it, it goes back to when I was um, only 18 years old and I was fending for myself for the first time living over there, travelling in the UK um, and all over Europe. And, yeah, it was up to me to feed my own self on an extreme budget. But also I was living off the food that was served in boarding schools um over there because I was a sports assistant teacher so I lived and worked in the same boarding school and over the year I just noticed my body was changing my health was changing but I had hadn't put the two and two together of body changes and health so the health component and what I mean by health is symptoms like fatigue constant chest infections foggy mind lack of motivation um I guess there was probably some emotional stuff in there, hormonal um issues like period pain, I was on the pill for all sorts, I was on antibiotics for chest infections, but over there um being 18 and through even to my 20s, you know, all my whole life I had never been told that how I felt had anything to do with what I was eating. So at this time I started to gain this interest in nutrition when I was living over there only because I was seeing the changes in my body and I was meeting up with my now husband soon. Um, So I was, you know, oh gosh, I need to start actually looking at my food for the first time ever in my life and start maybe what is it gravitating towards the salad section? Is it like thinking about fats? Like this is just how a person on the street, I guess, thinks. Um, So... I gained more and more interest in food and nutrition and looking back I have always had this interest even from a toddler my mum has always said that I would be happy wherever I was as long as I had my lunchbox Um, and that seriously went through till year 12 I would carry around my lunchbox my huge lunchbox in year 12 and everyone would pick you know what they want to eat from it because it was so extravagant. Um, But so I always had this interest in why does or why do we eat this and what's the purpose of eating this? What's in it? What does it do to our body? Um, But then I so through this experience over in Wales, I enrolled myself into nutrition, came back and started studying that, worked in a health food shop. And then Cindy fortunately poached me from this shop, um, and that is where my eyes started really opening up when I was comparing what I was being taught in university, what I was being brainwashed into, and then, of course, what Cindy had learned in her journey um, and going against the grain and, yeah, just thinking differently. But the biggest thing for me was beginning to question. So that's why whenever I'm talking to anyone, it's like it's so healthy to question. Even if it is someone that you look up to so much and you think is so much higher than you, just question and and always um, just look deeper and also combine it with intuition and common sense and knowledge and culture and tradition and what we've been doing for the last thousands of years. So that was when um, I remember sitting so clearly in a seminar um, maybe it was one of your retreats Cindy I'm not too sure but of course being like a staff member there I was so lucky to be there and I remember sitting there with a tissue um, because I always was snotty <laughs> always always had allergies um, and you know realized someone I don't know who maybe it was you or someone else and just having that penny drop moment of oh, my gosh, I can live without symptoms. Mm -hmm. I had no idea I could live without symptoms. So that's when um, I I went on this huge journey of healing my own self, and that was when I went deep into the gut, what was actually going on, what was living in my gut, how can I nourish myself um, and heal myself. And then it was just such a beautiful experience to go, whoa, I am free of symptoms. So that's when I guess I started to speak more loudly um, because I was excited that other people could, you know, live without symptoms as well and they don't even know how good they could potentially feel because I didn't. Um, And then, of course, the journey went further into motherhood, like becoming pregnant and then that being a whole new journey of how to nourish myself but also a growing baby. And then postpartum, like the demands of breastfeeding, um, and supporting that mental health and the the strain it puts on your emotional, physical well-being um, and then, of course, filtrating that out to other people as much as I can.
0: Thank I you. love, yeah, I love, Sheridan, how you uh, did about questioning and I think it's really, really important that we do question things. And Bren Brown said, curiosity is an act of vulnerability and courage. We need to be brave enough to want to know more. And for me, Sheridan, you are someone who is vulnerable and you are courageous in everything that you have done and I've watched you do. So I want to, first of all, congratulate you in realising, you know, that need to question. And I don't think enough people are questioning it at this stage. So when you... um, were a young mum or whether you are a young mum but when you know you you got pregnant and what what was um your mainstay you know for the young people that are listening to this and they don't know what that they they should be consuming what was your main thing that you were consuming as you um you know went into being pregnant and then um moving on from there
1: Mm. Yeah, I will answer that, but I just also want to note, I just love the two words, vulnerable and courageous. Mm-hmm. I just think that actually gave me goosebumps when you said that because it's so true because you would sometimes see those words as being the opposite to each other, but combined together can be so powerful and so life-changing for someone because not only are you being vulnerable in the sense of surrendering to going hey I don't know everything and I'm willing to change but then the courageous part of going now I'm going to change and actually embed what I experienced from being what I learned from the experience of being vulnerable yeah I thought that was really cool so thank you so much for highlighting
0: that yeah I think people don't realize that questioning the narrative is is actually um You are being vulnerable and you are being courageous. And and I always think of, uh, you know, things that we've done in our lives that we might not have been happy that we've done to ourselves or taken. Like, for instance, what you were saying, you were taking antibiotics and you were also, there was another medication that you were taking in order to, you know, help you along. And, and a lot of people go, but I don't want to know about antibiotics. You know, they put their, e- their fingers in their ears and they don't realize that antibiotics actually have um, an issue that happens in our microbiome or any other medications that we're taking might have issues. And it's almost like people don't want to be vulnerable and courageous with regards to questioning, all right, this is what I have done. What do I have to do now to improve it? I don't mm-hmm. think they know that they can improve it. What, what do you think? about like not knowing yeah not knowing you think that if they don't know then they can't improve it whereas if you do know oh look I loved what you said you just said once I figured this out then I knew what I had to do to in order to improve it I knew the foods that I had to eat yeah. I, I guess I'm asking both you and Kim what why don't people question this why are we just uh, I'll just keep going on my doctor says I've got to take antibiotics for the rest of my life okay I'll just keep doing that
1: what is that yeah. I think it's conditioning that happens in our entire life where people aren't willing to think for themselves um, but also they're so set in their ways so they put their their health and their trust in complete, completely in the hands of someone else and it's too hard to think of otherwise and people just want quick fixes. I think that's the biggest thing for me personally is, is what I see is that people are just so easy easily convinced, but also, yeah, want quick fixes. And they've got their own lives going on. You know, they've got, we are in the health industry where we're passionate about that, but people have other crap going on and different jobs. So they just, they don't care. They're just like, I want to feel better right now. Um, I'm going to take this and to have a coffee and off we go.
2: I think it also comes down to, it is exhausting, when you think you're going to have to change everything. And Mm. if you're already tired and have brain fog and feeling like you're snotty and you've got chest infection and you're on antibiotics, the, the thought of doing the complete opposite probably sounds incredibly exhausting. It's like anyone on any health journey or weight loss journey or getting fit program. You want to train for a marathon. Those first few runs, those first few weeks are actually hell. You do not feel great. You feel good when it's over. And we also know that in order for people to change, it takes three things. Number one, you have to eliminate limiting beliefs, emotions, or decisions you've made in the past. And that takes a deep dive into your psychological, mental, and neurological programming around what you think is right or wrong. Then once you understand that, like you did, Sheridan, you have to take radical action. It's not just, oh, I'll dabble here and I'll do this. It is take radical, massive action. To do what you need to do once you understand the truth and then here's the key on the third thing you have to focus on what you want not what you don't want and so if you're sitting there i'm doing this because i don't want to be sick or i'm doing this because i don't want to be fat or i'm doing this because i don't want to have brain fog you probably got what we call an away from motivation and that quickly runs out just like willpower does so i want to know how did you click you obviously saw that you you needed to change. You then just, you flicked a switch. What was that little bridge where you went, that's it, I'm on this pathway?
1: I guess for a lot of people, it also comes down to breaking point where you're just so sick of feeling like crap. It just, you hit almost a bit of a rock bottom. Um, but also, I guess it was, I was my own project. It was going, well, I'm in this field and I I need to feel better. Um, and I can feel better. It's just figuring out how how and why. But it was also combined with a rock bottom, which I think a lot of people wait to till they experience those things. So, and exactly what you said, Kimmy, that um it does take for many people, especially if it's preventative medicine or food medicine. Um lifestyle medicine, it is this psychological battle of um, changing the ways and, and what you have been brought up with in so many different ways, like how we eat and why we eat, how much we eat, um, and just having the, um, I guess, faith in natural medicine. I think so many digs at natural medicine over a lifetime would have led so many people to believe that there's no point. Why would we do that? So, um, yeah, it is this psychological change, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, changing your subconscious.
0: And, you know, you're right, Sharon, and with regards to, you know, natural nutrition and natural remedies or natural health, we do get a lot of digs, you know. We're, yeah. we're all the time. I, I remember oh, there was one that happened to you, and I went in there and batten for you. So yeah. I can't remember what it was, but we, we do. We get these digs all the time. But we're also vulnerable to. I just found out that TGA is asking everybody to take ashwagandha out of their product. Yeah. It is now has to be under TGA approval. It can't. It's not seen as a food or a normal herb. There, yeah. and I'm thinking. Well, you know, chemicals like let's take glyphosate as my passion. You know, mm. glyphosate, the um, I think it was Bayer or Monsanto said that glyphosate would not be allowed in the American um market with regards to the domestic market that means the mum and dad buying it as opposed to the farmer as of 2023. Well, they haven't done it and they mm. had two years to do it and they haven't done it and yet. We're being told that, you know, the natural therapies group are being told that they have to take it out now. You don't right. have a two-year wait. It's just—I I agree with you. It's—it is frustrating. So frustrating. Yeah. And trying to
1: communicate with government bodies about that kind of thing is literally like a brick wall because they don't know anything. I was—I was on the phone to TGA bodies about liver being in my product. Um, and uh, you know involved with pregnant women and I was educating him like like literally I'm sitting there going but this doesn't make sense like one little bit and I'm sitting there telling him all the facts and the research and the amount of vitamin A in the product and and then you could tell that he's like oh well, yeah it actually doesn't make sense but this is my job you know so it's It comes down to those people, those government bodies also need to just combine everything I said in the beginning, like common sense, cultural tradition, um, just general knowledge, and also follow the research. This is the thing is that so many of these government bodies, including doctors, um, dieticians, et cetera, that aren't wanting to keep up with the times, they all say that they go by research and like trust the science, go by the science. But the thing is, is they are doing exactly not that. It is not like the science is telling us, but we are trying to teach people, right? But um, no one's listening in those high up their bodies or those people that are more regulated.
2: Well, let's just ask though, sorry, Cindy, no, no. I just wanted to check in on this because yeah. I remember sitting there with two dietitians. This is a number of years ago. I'm not a qualified nutritionist. I've had a passion for nutrition since I was an an elite athlete as a teenager. So I've always been interested in fueling my body, never really understood the science, just noticed and probably biohacked myself into fitness and wellness. But I was sitting with these two dietitians and something came up about margarine and I just said, oh no, I, I just don't like, don't like the taste of it, don't like the feel of it and the fact that it's made in a laboratory. Well, these two looked at me, I swear to you, I had daggers and it was all about, and every time I fought back with, well, I just don't see how you can eat a plastic food. I'd rather trust a cow, in Cindy's words, that's been around for thousands of years. And then their first question to me, Sheridan, was, well, what degree have you got? And so oh, people like, face. what's that? I said, oh, shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because if you don't have a qualification, if you <laughs> don't do this in the way that maybe people see as someone who's qualified to say it, you can easily get beaten down or converted into thinking you're wrong. What mm. would you say to the people that aren't nutritionists or dietitians that actually are questioning this?
1: Uh, Be vulnerable and
2: courageous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I would say my biggest thing is what did our um, ancestors do thousands of years ago? I just think always be inspired by your own intuition, our own culture, our own tradition, um, prepare food, as we have been taught thousands of years ago um, and in its whole state, and you honestly can't really go wrong, this is why I have such a huge passion for when I go over to other countries because Australia is so young and we don't really know much, if at all, anything, um, and that goes the same with, like, America, um, most parts of America anyway. Um, but when you go over to other countries i'm sure nutritionists are barely there and that's the thing it's because and and i guess this goes for someone in australia that is not qualified to really listen to this because there's barely any i would say nutritionist dietitians etc in those countries that still follow culture and tradition and that's because they don't really need them it's like well we eat real food we prepare it how we're meant to and we eat um, how, how, as we have been for many thousands of years. Uh, of course, like nutrition tweaks can certainly make changes even in those cultures. But, yeah, in, you know, when I, I just got back from Italy and I just love the culture over there and the health movement hasn't really, it's just kind of just kicking off now and barely at all because they're so set in their ways. They're like, what we've been doing is being pretty great and we're going to continue doing it. And it was marrow, it was, you know, liver, tripe, like, uh, you know, lamb shanks, like the whole animals are being used. So it's so much more nutrient rich. They put lard on their fermented bread. Like, it's just so cool. And I love it so much. And Uh, I didn't see vegetable oil anywhere. Of course, the wheat grain definitely in most places is the modern crappy wheat grain, triticum estivum. Um, However, of course, they still have more of that um, older wheat grain. So, yeah, I just find that so interesting. Um, So I think just like stay strong, basically, and don't let anyone alter your decisions, um, especially socially. So I think I've got the upper hand in some situations where I am questioned in social situations or was in the past, but it's like, well, I'm a nutritionist, so it's more like acceptable, but, you know, still I was faced with times where I was really questioned and judged and put down for my decisions and how I ate. Um, but I, through this experience, the only way you can get through those times is just by staying confident And knowing what's true to you, because in no time, everyone else will be listening to you and doing what you're doing, because they also have their own issues. They just weren't ready at the time.
0: Mm, So wise. Let's talk about your entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, I, you know, I, I remember when you were working with me, you were always you know, you had a client, you would always go looking for more information. You were always thirsty for that more information. And then when you became a mother, you were at home. What was that in your entrepreneurial spirit that you went, I'm going to make a product, the best product in the world I'm going to (laughs) make. What what was that Sheridan? And how did you do that? Like yeah, I'm just keen to to hear that story because I haven't heard that story. I know a lot of your story. I just need the listeners to know that I've known you since you were 14 months old. I remember <laughs> seeing <laughs> you for the first time, and then you and my Casey, um, my middle girl, were absolute best friends all through school. And um, then you worked in and changing habits for so long. So I know a lot about you, but I don't know this part of the story.
1: Mm. And even though you're so involved in it from afar, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> um, I like watching you. <laughs> I'm a stalker. But- yeah, that's what I am.
0: <laughs> you make me laugh. I have. I have to tell you, I go through your Instagram and it just cracks me up. I think I giggle more at your Instagram than anybody else's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yours is pretty quirky and fun.
1: <laughs> that's
0: so
1: nice. Um, I'll keep being myself. <laughs> um <laughs> so basically, when I got pregnant with Malachi, my first, um, I was obviously opened up into this world of nutrition in pregnancy. And it is like a whole new world, isn't it? Especially mm-hmm. though with the societal pressures where you were like, you go to a doctor and they don't know who I am, they don't know what I do, and they say, um, are you on folic acid? Are you on Elevit? Go get it. All right, cool. See you later. And that's what every freaking woman is faced with. So me, as me, of course, I sit there and question and go, "Wow, okay." And it makes, of course, you start questioning yourself. Even someone that knows everything—well, not everything—I mustn't say that. That's so totally not true. No one knows everything. But about you know folate, natural um, sources of folate, and how folic acid works in the body. So my first little edge of passion came from that experience, I guess. And then also having people that I really look up to just go, "Oh yeah, we'll just go take you know the, this prenatal. It's got everything you need in there. It's a bunch of synthetics, but they're, be- they're better types of the synthetics. You know, so I was like, wow, okay. And I just would go to have these things and I would not feel right about it. So along the way, I would continue and I would barely ever have it because I just didn't feel right. But also in pregnancy, a woman is experiencing so many new foreign weird symptoms, regardless that just happened that are completely out of your control. So it's kind of like, I didn't know how I'd feel when I'd have these things. So it's like, is that causing that? Or is it the pregnancy? Like, what's going on? How can I be intuitive? Like, I don't know what's happening in my body. And I just didn't feel right. Where is each of these nutrients coming from in this concoction? So I began to question there. But also along the way, regardless, no matter what I would do or question, I would continue having my whole food sources of nutrients. So and I felt completely safe, right and perfect about them, and I and I knew the power of them and the synergy of the nutrients and um, yeah, just they were also foods that culture and tradition have utilized in pregnancy and postpartum and beyond and throughout life anyway um, for forever. So these are foods like liver, um, iodine rich sources like kelp of course, like vitamin C sources, like your camu camu, Cindy, um, food-based probiotics in all sorts of of like forms. But then I was also having like greens like chlorella because um, I wanted those micronutrients, but also a focus on folate. Um, But that was also coming from liver. Liver is a beautiful source of folate. Um, And then, yeah, that's pretty like the, the fermented probiotics, which included fermented greens, So I was having this all through my pregnancy, um, all separately, you know, and, and it was kind of annoying, like popping them all together, sourcing them from all over the place, making sure as well that I'm like having the right good amounts, like how am I meant to know if I'm getting the right amount of iodine and blah, blah, blah. So then also other people around me started to fall pregnant, um, and wondering what I'm having and people online and clients were all wondering what I'm having. And if I look back at my old client notes, it's literally all the things I was having individually listed out for the client to go purchase from about 14 different websites. (laughs) And so I don't know the exact penny drop moment of going like, this is what I need to do. But there certainly was a period of time where I just had this complete out-of-body experience of going, this is what I need to do. Like I just was like, whoa, it was like fire in my veins, fire in my belly. I um, was working on it in my pregnancy, just little bits. But then when Malachi came around, like was birthed, he was so young, but I was like, literally like a wrecking ball with trying to get this done I would have him squealing and all sorts in the background but I'd be on the phone to suppliers and manufacturers and um, you know then also going to cafes and speaking to people about it and having even my friends help me out with calculations of how much of what's put in there to work out the kelp amount you know and it was just like people my friends just like constantly remind me and reflect upon where I was to where I am now. Um, So thankfully when it all came together and also beetroot juice got popped in the blend as well um, and that was also for folate but I've found that it's been so powerful for like nutrient delivery, lowering blood pressure um, and helping with iron as well and blood building so that's been really amazing to, to see and witness, etc. as well. So, um, and by the way, we haven't even mentioned that this is called the Mother's Blend by Foraged for You. So this is when that was birthed, um, and I was so surprised and mind blown and so grateful that it was really well received. So I didn't think that many people would resonate the fact of we're going to be drinking liver. <laughs> And all these funky concoctions, like how, how are people going to know what all these things are? But maybe it was because I talked about them all individually for so long. And I've been, I've been reflecting lately that a lot of the time lately, I speak about the mother's blend and like, oh, maybe you should try the mother's blend. But I feel like I'm losing the touch with people going, uh, I should be saying like, we're not talking about the mother's blend. We're talking about liver. We're talking about kelp. We're talking about greens. We're talking about fermented foods. Like the mother's blend is is kind of becoming a whole term of all those things, but we can't forget what we're actually talking about because it's those foods that are really powerful. Does that answer your question?
0: <laughs> yes, it Amazing. actually does. What a, you know, and that's what we often find is that when there's a need. Um, in your own life, um, we we create these things. And I, I actually did the same thing with uh, peak performance. I was taking the camu camu and all of those stuff together. And then one day I went, well, why don't we just put it into one? So mm. I get that. that I didn't realise that. Um, that was wonderful to hear. And I also
2: think with what you two have done, is you've actually, again, what I alluded to before, it's a massive change and a massive thing for a lot of people to get these nutrients or to go and source them for themselves. So when experts like you two put together blends that are actually the answer, and I don't have to think, that takes one of those exhausting minefield of I've got to do this into this is easy. So let's just shout out kudos to both of you for this. I just wanted to acknowledge you for that.
0: Oh, no, and you know when we look at Elevit, like everything you you the have, hell of it, take it for the hell of it, the el oh, for the hell of it. Let's just talk about Elevit To the of like hell of it. Everything that you have is a food. It's not an extract. It's not a vitamin taken out. It's not synthetic. It is a food. The body knows what to do with food, and so I I let's look at Elevit. Elevit is a bunch of synthetic vitamins and some mind minerals. And then I thought, well, there's got to be more than just that in it. And when I look at, you know, some of the the vitamins like D-alpha deco- or alpha tocopherol, we, you know, if we've listened to Barry Tan, we know that alpha tocopherol is one of the eight. So whereas your product will have all of the eight tocopherols on trienols, they'll, they'll be in there. And then You know, this brand, Elevate, has ascorbic acid. Yours has camu camu. And camu camu being um, not just ascorbic acid. And ascorbic acid, if people want to know, ascorbic, stop scurvy. It's got nothing to do with what actual vitamin C is. Yours is a complete vitamin C and the body knows exactly what to do with it. I just, I get frustrated that, you know, you were told to take Elevate by, you know, your doctor um and and then you look at it and and then you look at the copper versus the iron, whereas your liver has more copper in it in order for you to use the iron that's in it, whereas this one is sixty milligrams of iron, which I think is outrageously a lot, yeah, and one milligram of copper yeah. um you know and then and then I'm like going, but there must be something else in it <laughs> that it doesn't tell you it just says uh encapsulating.' uh excipients and ingredients (laughs) Mm -hmm. and who knows what they are
1: yeah exactly and then not to forget the actual the crappiest form of folic acid which beyond percent of the population can't actually metabolize and therefore the body actually does the opposite of what we're trying to achieve and becomes more deficient so creating a whole host of issues and there's there needs to be more but probably it's a bit scary to release for a lot of people is the fact that it can be linked to things like more cleft palates and tongue ties and Mm -hmm. other midline birth defects Um, but also then the you know cognitive um, issues that it can also create like um, autism potentially there's very minor research Linking that too, but of course, there's always needs to be more. But who's going to want to fund that? Because that's just like getting rid of a lot of big uh, pharmaceutical companies and what doctors have been pushing for so many years now. And the other thing that um, always spikes. The P.S. I just want to note for you know anyone listening, this is not to say not to like synthetic nutrients. Some high quality synthetic nutrients can have their place. And this, I'm not saying ever with the Mother's Blend that it replaces your whole kit and caboodle, because I have no idea what your health issues are, your lifestyle, your diet, um, and your history is like. So the Mother's Blend is just there to ensure that you're also getting those beautiful food sources at least. So if you want to have some sort of synthetics alongside it, go for it, but make sure you're at least having the food sources. So... What some women do is they might have the mother's blend, but then they might have um, even a plain methylated folate on top of the mother's blend, and that's completely up to them. Personally, I did that for a tiny portion of Xander's pregnancy when the mother's blend was out of stock, and also I was extremely nauseous and looking at a spinach leaf really freaked me out. So (laughs) I – but I – otherwise only had the mother's blend but that was because i'm conscious about my diet i have faith and trust as well in in um food because the factor along with this um is knowing that folic acid and the push for folate and the additional folate only came out 30 to 40 years ago so it's the people, the mums now, the mums living right now and like possibly thinking about reproducing or having a baby, um, conceiving, growing, creating a family, their mums, there's like a, a huge chance that there's no way that their mum was having anything like this. It's that new. Does
0: that make sense? Yep, I'm that person. i i don't know where kim stands because she's in the middle of you and i but i'm i had my babies 34 35 years ago i was pregnant there was no no discussion about any vitamin or mineral at you know you go to the doctor you get you um oh yeah you're pregnant um but there was no discussion even at the the uh, pediatrician although not pediatrician the obstetrician what are they called Obstetrician. Obstetrician. wasn't even the i haven't been there for so long it's it's gone out of my mind but even the obstetrician Mm. never said anything to me 35 years ago not even 29 30 years ago you know when i had my last so what about you kim oh
2: no i'm gonna be honest i didn't know a lot of this and i was told i because i was very low in iron um that i had to take folate and I did Um, and i was also told i should take iron supplements but they made me feel sick so i didn't take those but i think i just want to talk about something here because you're both bringing up a really good point sheridan and cindy and between you guys there's been other trailblazers of course around the whole nutritional world and friends very close to our hearts the beautiful helen patterin naturopath and gorgeous charlotte carr i brought out a book with pete evans called bubby yum yum which was based on um, a beautiful recipe to support mothers that couldn't breastfeed and they got slammed i mean charlotte had death threats there was so many people saying too much vitamin uh, too much liver and therefore too high in vitamin a and look honestly charlotte ended up miscarrying through that whole process it just put so much stress on her so, Sharon, and I'm really curious to know how you've avoided that. Is yeah. it because of the way you've marketed it? Is it because you oh, yeah. haven't gone down that path? What's you, what's the the benefit here?
1: I haven't avoided it. Um, it hasn't been avoided. <laughs> um, so, I don't know at the point that this or the point that this happened. I think it might have been maybe six months or a year after. So, yes, the Mother's Blend like ruffled a lot of feathers. And it has not come with no issues. But these issues, uh, sorry, I don't mean issues. There's nothing wrong with the mother's blend. It was just like changing the way people think. And I'm actually super grateful for these people questioning because because it has allowed me the chance to explain but also know what we are up against. So the... TGA brought the mothers down, the mothers blend down. They ceased and desisted me. So I had to take it off the website completely and nothing could be sold until the matter was resolved, which took I think like three weeks to a month, Um, which was extremely stressful (laughs) Um, because I've got, I had like so many pre-orders there waiting, you know, needing to be sent out like so much product, uh, but also just more the the blood, sweat and tears that had gone into it uh, and the passion and the knowing of the truth. So they did bring it down and this is because someone out there, some gorgeous little soul, um, complained about it to the TGA and, you know, the fact that liver is being supplied to mud, pregnant mothers. Yeah. So. For no, for anyone, this is the one of the biggest questions. Is but I've been told I can't have liver in my pregnancy. So this scarcity around liver during pregnancy stemmed from a very old study that was released in 1995, which was based on using. Do you know about this story, Cindy? It
0: seemed to we you and I discussed this, but keep. Keep telling everybody because most people won't know that.
1: Yeah. Um, So it was based on the usage in pregnant women of 10,000 IU of synthetic vitamin A, synthetic vitamin A, and that's a really high dose of vitamin A. So no one's really going to eat that in their diet. Like that's almost it's very challenging to reach that level of vitamin A in a diet. So that and so that led to in that study a very, very small, despite even it being synthetic and everything, a very small percentage of the mums um having babies with birth defects, minor birth defects, but it was like I think it was like three well it it was three percent of the um mums experienced this or children, so. That was actually um, in some uh, some people, like Nora Grigadis, she, if I said that right, she examined this as well and her conclusion was that that's actually a normal amount of birth defects regardless. So not only was the study itself quite flawed, it was also almost unachievable but also synthetic, Um, so very misleading. So then it's like, okay, so this is their logic, whoever there is, I don't know, but the logic was, well, liver's high in vitamin A, so women that are pregnant must avoid liver altogether. Mm. So it was so wrong. (laughs) The the whole situation was so wrong. So then um, that went on for many, many years, right? And then so when a product is brought out that contains liver for pregnant women, of course, people are going to start questioning, but they were not questioning to the right degree. They were just like, oh, it's got liver, it must be wrong, ban it. But they didn't even question the fact of how much vitamin A was actually in a single serving, so what they were having in a day. So one serving of the mother's blend is between 600 and 700 micrograms of, um, oh, sorry, IU of vitamin
0: A. So the... Non-synthetic, very different.
1: Yes, non-synthetic. <laughs> so real truth, performing completely different. And, and that's a point to note is that when vitamin A is combined with the natural sources of like vitamin D and vitamin K, it performs so much better regardless and is is almost impossible. I, could, I say almost just to cover my bum, but I could pretty much say impossible to create any kind of toxicity. So... That's the thing. And we need vitamin A. This is the very important note, is that too many women that are actually not eating these things that are rich in vitamin A are actually deficient and creating more problems that way in their in their own health, but also their baby's health. So it's actually critical to consume. So the, the lack of common sense in going, okay, so liver is literally gram for gram, one of the most nutrient-dense foods in the, on the planet. Let's forget about the vitamin A. Let's think about the iron, the zinc, the copper, um, and the vitamin A itself. B12 B12 is enormous in liver and other B vitamins. So it just is so ludicrous. And to then chat to the TGA company about this. So this is when I started to share a bit more online, even though they told me I had to even take down that Instagram post I had to remove an Instagram post where it's talking about vitamin A and liver in pregnancy. Um secretly, I have
0: reshared it again.
1: <laughs> because it's just it's just so dumb, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yep. It is dumb. And I don't I don't know how else that we can say it. It's idiotic and it's dumb. And the fact that you a food, it's a, a a food you had to cease and desist selling. Mm. That just blows my mind. And I'm going to bring back glyphosate. Glyphosate in 2015 was shown to be a carcinogen. Bayer, who makes all of it, by the way, Bayer, who, um, you know, has been sued $11 billion because of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma with glyphosate, they still aren't ceasing and desisting. that. Like when you, you're talking about it, I'm going, it's ludicrous. It's a food. It's a food. It's like the ashwagandha now. It's mm. it just is mind blowing. And I think, I think our regulatory bodies and I, um, and I and I would love everybody to get on Sheridan's page, follow her on Instagram. She's got some incredible information on there. But our regulatory bodies are, are funded by the industry. So just recently, our Australian Pesticide and Veterinary Medicine Authority had two of their senior staff members, like the CEO, I think she was, there were two women, had to step down because they have got chemicals that have been on their list to review for 15 years and they have not done it. And I bet you glyphosate's one of them. They earn billions from glyphosate sales being a regulatory body. Now, the TGA would be funded in the same way as um, the APVMA, they're government bodies, they're regulatory bodies and they're funded by industry. And I I saw Robert Kennedy say that the one thing he was going to do if he became president was he was going to stop industry funding of regulatory bodies, like theirs is the CDC and the NIH and all of those. So I just take my hat off to you, Sheridan, two babies creating this product getting help from other people, having a cease and desist from the TGA. And yet you just kept going. Yeah.
1: So much help from other people. Honestly, it's just, it's thankfully in the last, I reckon maybe year, it's really slowed down. I think it's kind of like they've got no ammo anymore. It's just just like, well, mates, you're wrong. So, you know, so many people, um, yeah, put it down. But the thing is, is the most, the coolest thing that has been, uh, I've, you know, I, I guess, embraced through this whole process is the way people feel on it. It's just like being so rewarding. And like you, Cindy and Kim, um, you know, we kind of eaten these foods for a long time now. Uh, we didn't see that definitive, like, straight up change, but the people that, Um, But I did still, my nails got stronger, my energy, my hair, my skin was a bit clearer, like, but, um, you know, it wasn't that stark difference. So, so many people, they, within three days, they're like, oh my gosh, like, is this real? Like, am I really feeling better already? But then it's the reflection in their bloods and their period and their fertility and just overall energy in cognition like their mental clarity so that's all been the most rewarding beautiful part of this whole thing and and that is just constantly lighting up the fire of the passion you know to keep me going like people have no idea what would be happening behind scenes of what I'm battling against but then you get these beautiful messages of people saying things like that and it's just like oh okay this gives you more passion and drive to keep going and shut these people up because there's been also even naturopaths say this is disgusting and so many people were angry about it that they're bagging out the mother's blend because it's all food and saying that you there's no way you can produce a healthy baby without synthetic nutrients wow yeah it's bonkers. Yes. like darling did you know you were produced without that <laughs>
0: Exactly. But, you you know, I I have to tell you that um, I think Sarah Farrant says it beautifully. She says there's allopathic, which is all passive, and um, you go to somebody to be diagnosed to take something, to take that diagnosis away. That's basically what you do. And then there's alternative, and it's still the story the same principles, you go somewhere, you get diagnosed, you take an alternative treatment, which is a synthetic vitamin or I don't know, like I I see people come away rattling from, and this isn't all naturopaths and it's not all doctors. I'm just saying this is the system. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you still have that same thing. And then there's alternate. And alternate is where we uh, take responsibility for our health And we start to do all the things that are necessary and food is one of those necessary things. And I I just think that your mother's blend, I have to just tell you that, so of a morning, I'm too lazy sometimes to cook myself breakfast. So your mother's blend, and I do put Tania's um, collagen blend in there as well, goes into yogurt, I mix it around, eat it. It lasts me all day. (laughs) It's my my takeaway. It's my fast food. It's my... (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's the best
1: um
2: so sheridan yeah. i want to ask you there's there's so many different topics we could go down here and i know we oh haven't gosh. got all day to talk but i just want to say you know i don't know we, we've always known in that allopathic way of living there's a pill for an ill i i heard that not long ago and it's like there's a pill for an ill it's almost like we need a scoop of forage it's just like a scoop for the for the troops, a scoop for the acute, a scoop for whatever the yeah. whoop the whoopsie do. It's amazing what you offer, and I just want people to know that it's not just for mothers. Perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about there's the mother's blend, there's also the child's blend, but also those of us that are way past childbearing ages, we still take it. So can you just explain that it's not just for mums?
1: Hundred percent. Thanks for bringing that up. So. Um, I loved what Sean said recently. Sean's my husband, and he goes, Do you reckon like and, and this is because Sean, my husband, who is definitely not having a baby anytime <laughs> soon, <laughs> or trying to conceive, or breastfeeding. Um, so he said, Do you isn't it crazy like we've kind of like hacked life? <laughs> like he's like, we've kind of like hacked it because the mother's blend is like what gives us everything. And it's like made us so much better in all ways. Um, so, yeah, men love it as well. Because the thing is, the only reason it is, I guess, so needed for the pre, during, after pregnancy woman is because nutrient demand is so high. But the thing is, it doesn't mean for the rest of our lives that we don't need nutrients the rest of our lives we still need ample nutrients and that's why so many people like younger teens, children, um, grandmas, grandpas, uncles, aunties, dogs even <laughs> like are having this same blend and it's just because it is just a combination of some of the world's most nutrient-dense foods slapped into one. So, yeah, so the, the children's blend was born from so many women wanting to give it to their children. And so our most popular question was how much, when can I give this to my child or my child is loving it? Can they actually have it? How much can they have? Blah, blah, blah. blah. So it was kind of like a non-negotiable to then create one Specifically suited to children. And that's because legally, I can't really constantly reply in Instagram DMs going, Yeah, just give them half a teaspoon. They'll be right. You know, like we need like the specific amounts on the bottle. But also, it was catered more to their immune support as well. So with freeze dried. Um, organic elderberry and there's also chamomile in there to soothe not only tummy issues but also someone wanted to slap it into an icy pole and make it like a teething tool Um, but also just calming of course for sleep and the nervous system but um, going back to elderberry elderberry is really antiviral so it was also created in the the covid times where quercetin was really highly recommended as like that immune support to overcome COVID, but also it's really great for like antihistamine um, purposes. So elderberry is the natural source of that. It's really high in question. So, but also it's got the properties of being super antiviral. Um, And of course, like children are just like basically little viral machines processing all these things, building their immune systems. So um, yeah, that's been really amazing. So that's, and then, of course, it's got all the other goodies in there too, like the fermented greens, the liver, the kelps, including iodine, because that's really important for the development of our cognition um, and, of course, everything else. So, yeah, that's the children's blend. Well,
2: Actually, I think you know, it's amazing.
0: Do you know what's really interesting, Sharon? sorry, I just realised. So the protocol that was going around for COVID was quercetin, vitamin D and zinc. Yes. It's all in your blend.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: pretty cool, hey! And it's like, so cool. I don't want to toot its own horn, but I will. But also, yes. <laughs> uh, even just beetroot juice. Um, I found research surrounding COVID and it being so incredible for clearing mucus from the lungs and and helping reoxygenate the blood. Um, so it was actually shown to be really great for those people experiencing pretty hectic COVID. So just that, just, just the beetroot juice alone. But, of course, iodine was also a part of a lot of protocols and there's a, there's a beautiful, good dose of iodine in there too. So, um, yeah, uh, thankfully, like people like Helen Pattern, for example, it was in their protocols, you know, considering something like the Mother's Blend to have as well, um, which was really nice, but I don't know how many hands it got into and whether people took it seriously, you know, but... Um, yeah, and of course, you know, it's a scary topic to discuss openly.
2: <laughs> I think the one thing that I've taken away from today, you've talked a lot about culture and tradition. You've talked a lot about how we've evolved as humans, really, and also that whole thing of really understanding common sense. And I think that's something that's gone. I remember having a call girls, of a lady, a pregnant woman who rang and said, I'm really worried about your lavender. I've heard that, you know, it's estrogenic activity is really bad. And particularly with children, that young boys get breasts. And I just said, wow, where did you read this? And she said she'd seen it on Google and a lot of people were sharing this information. And then I said to her, I just want to ask you a question. Do you ever, as a pregnant woman, fill your car up with petrol? And she goes, yes. And I said, have you ever smelt those fumes coming out of the, the tank? And she goes, yeah, it's really strong. And I said, "Oh, have you, what do you clean your house with? And she goes, oh, cleaning products. And she actually admitted to things like bleach and ginola and things like that. And I just said to her, it's fascinating, isn't it, that in this day and age, you're questioning me about something like lavender that when used properly is probably one of the most beautiful, most calming oils that you could ever use with children and pregnancy and calming the mind, the neurological system, and actually really supporting your health and wellness. And yet you're not questioning plug-in diffusers that are advertised everywhere, full of phthalates and chemicals and all sorts of endocrine disrupting chemicals. And you're questioning my beautiful organic lavender. (laughs) So I just wanted to really make the point here about common sense that real food is actually what our real bodies have developed and evolved and done so spectacularly. And I'd just love to ask you, along with congratulating you, Cindy may have something else to say as well, but to sum up, what would you say to the beautiful Up for a Chat listener? Oh, sum up. <laughs> as in like what change they should make. What do you think is the most important thing in this day and age for someone that could be bamboozled, maybe has lost their common sense, maybe they're being challenged by the authorities? I don't know. What would you say? Apart from being vulnerable and courageous, where would you take them?
1: Oh, be inspired like you were just talking about, Um, be inspired by our culture, tradition, where their um, ancestors have come from, what they ate be intrigued about the, f- the real roots even of their own country. Like um, for us, it's the Aboriginals, you know, how they eat, how they prepare food, uh, when they eat um, and allow that to not be clouded by media, marketing, Instagram, friends, family, Um, and not to get in the way of of not only being inspired by all of what their roots are, but their intuition as well. The other thing is is to definitely realise that there there are some symptoms that they're experiencing, whether it be mental or physical, um, that they can clear. And so the journey might be long um, and it might be tiresome and it might be conflicting But stay strong and know that you can be a better version of you. And then once you experience the first little taste of that, it'll become addictive, and then on your on your way. Mm
0: -hmm. Perfect words and perfect words of wisdom. On behalf of Kim and I, we're so proud of you, Sheridan. You make us cry, you make (laughs) us laugh. We just yeah, we are really proud of you. And I. Uh, invite people to follow you on your Instagram page. You both, you have, tell us about your Instagram pages, your Facebook, your website. Let us let people find you because I believe what you're saying, and your, and the fact that you're someone coming up through the ranks, and I get to step aside and know that you will just take this on and teach people um, about. The, the you know what we need for health these days, so let us know where we can find you. Oh, thanks, Cindy, so so much. Um,
1: your support means the world. Um, so my Instagram is Sheridan Joy Austin, and that's just where I'm very much me and my babies and what we eat, and then just the things that I'm recently passionate about, um, how to implement things in your own home. Um, and also, of course, share any events that might be coming up. And then um, my website, I'm quite lazy with since having two babies, to be honest, um, but there are lots of um, recipes on there, blogs. And then, of course, there's foragedforyou.com, uh, which is where the Mother's Blend is sold and which um, I oversee lots of blogs that and recipes that go up there um and you can read about all the ingredients and and that's that's me
0: what about your instagram
1: yeah I, that's well that you. was Joy drew Wilson. Oh, and then there's the forage for you instagram. forage for
0: you yeah. yeah forage for
1: you instagram which is you know another side of me as well i guess the more serious side <laughs> um is there one
2: I'm just curious.
0: (laughs) That's what I (laughs) was thinking. Good question.
2: (laughs) We love you, gorgeous girl. We
0: love you, and we thank you for your hour because we know with babies and husbands and businesses and everything else that you're doing, and your beautiful extended family that I just love. Mm -hmm. uh, Thank you so much for spending time with Kim and I.
1: Thank you so much. It's so fun reflecting on it and everything, and just you know, having some ears. So yeah, thanks for being my little hype girls.
0: Thanks Sheridan. This has been a production
2: of the wellness Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch, subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives.